0: Welcome back to the and Roo's Cycling Podcast, here for a triple header wrap-up. We're not going to focus on one of the three races too much. We've got Tour de Suisse, Tour of Slovenia, and Balwaza Belgium Tour, to be honest. Balwasa Belgium Tour was the most competitive in terms of the level of competition for the riders on that sort of parkour, but we honour the designations of these races, and Tour de Suisse we will do first as the only world tour race. The other two are Dopro, from Grenchen to Brunnen, it is. I swear they've had the same stage three days in a row. It had a three point <laughs> eight k, seven point six percent climb, cresting sixteen kilometers from the finish. Is it? Yeah. And we have mixed sprinters here: Matthews, Betiols in sprinting, Bevan or MP, Aaron Baru, yeah, Pidcock as well in this stage. But we had another breakaway. Although before we get to that. I'll mention not just our show partner, Zwift, but what I wanted to mention was heat. Heat's affecting all these races. If you're in Europe, like in Andorra, it is so hot, even though we've moved up. I might have been a story time later. Moved up a higher altitude, still hot. Belgium it's hot. Pedersen said it's hot in Belgium and in Slovenia and Swiss. There's guys suffering from uh, heatstroke. Aronsman and Vine pulled out of Swiss, I think, complaining of the heat. But, yeah, we had a break, Benji, uh, with Mr. Holmes, Mr. Wollunger.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's been in the breakaway a bit more lately, so it's good to see him back a bit. Jimmy Janssen's as well. That's a rider that is a low-key time trial for Alperson. Marcus Hulgaard, also in the breakaway, so intriguing to see. But he hasn't had the best year, has he? Because I swear I was expecting so much from Hulgaard when he joined Trek, and it never really came out, I dare to say. And we knew that the real moment in this race would be, oh, if the break was caught, stuff might happen on the last climb. But that last climb was actually a, a pretty relaxed one. The break didn't get indeed get caught, but we had only one rider that really was in trouble. That is worth mentioning in that aspect, and that's the man himself, uh, Stephen Williams, GC leader. Had trouble, eventually came back to the front again. But um, it's not good to see him being trouble on this climb, and it's weird because, like, I feel like the climb that came on stage one where he won felt harder, or harder paced at least so it's surprising to see that he's he's worse on this terrain but again it could be the heat that you're mentioning for example but when it comes to this final it all really came down to the fact that reichenbach was destined to attack on the final hill and then he got called in the descent because he's basically zakarin but the swiss version of it when we when the road goes downhill i i don't get it like reichenbach is not the rider i would have attack at that moment in any point in that moment of the race
0: I mean, yeah, you don't know if you don't try, but I think you do know 99% of the time without trying what would happen there. And I agree with you on Hulgaard, like I thought that. I mean, he won an Arctic Race of Norway stage. I know it's not as high a level race, but it was fiercely fought with, and that race actually aged well with Le and Iking there, who since Le in particular have been very strong, and he won a stage that went up a steep climb and got the top attacked, and he's in the break here whereas I would have expected they would ride for him here for the finish. So, yeah, that's just, you know, just riders don't always kick on. And he's like 26, 27 too. They didn't sign him at 22 years old. But before we get on to the finish of this stage, mention our show partner Zwift. One of the most engaging parts of Zwift is the social aspect, whether that's group rides, meetups, or group workouts. I can't wait to convert. I know this is a podcast, but... The room next to me is going to be converted into a Zwift cave now that I've got an extra room, which I am very, very happy about. If you want to get more social on Swift, you can join the LRCP Zwift Club through the link down below to hop on with myself and Benji when we're on the bike and you or I fancy a bit of company. Thanks to Swift, as always, for supporting the podcast. But we get to the finish. Erwick's there. Just giving him a shout out because he was there and he's a friend of the podcast. It's a large group. Williams makes it back, and we're going to go to a sprint between Matthews, who really should be winning this sprint. Pidcock, uh, Bettyol, EF have fully invested in Bettyol for the sprint. They had the most riders. We had Quentin Hermans, Rota maybe. Uh, Aramburu? Aramburu, yes, he lives. But, uh
1: Where's Sagan? Because like, he ended up dropping True. really early in today's stage, and he ended up finishing on 10 minutes as well. Before we get to that final sprint, quickly, Like, did you expect that on a stage like this?
0: Well, luckily we got the clip up about, is Sagan back? <laughs> we made sure we got that one quick up, uh, like the <laughs> Froome one, because I realized after we recorded the pod yesterday, I looked through and I looked at the power data of the climbs yesterday, and Case Ball made it, I was like, maybe... Maybe they weren't hammering that stage in the climbs yesterday. And, yeah, he got dropped today. In a a group, like, let me look at how deep it was, 59-man group uh, with, like, let me have a look, Oldani, Jack Bauer um, making it as well as Dion Smith, Ankhorn, and Ankhorn's fine Like, but Sagan should be making it as well. So, yeah, an issue for him, maybe not enjoying the heat or maybe you just enjoyed last night's victory or yesterday's victory brian Cockard also there you like you look at his tour de provence sprint benchy against maybe pedersen and then you look at the group here like this is his best ever chance to win a world tour stage anyway same problems as the other day he he didn't even really contest the sprint he came 16th behind thomas who is leading out pidcock and brambilla who came eighth like I don't know what's gone on with Cockard there. He seemed to maybe get no lead out at all. There was only Remy Rochas. Yeah, there, there's only Remy Rochas there for Koffidus, uh, and he can't. He's like 50 kilos. So anyway, get to the finish. Uh, EF do a good lead out for Betiole, maybe a little bit early. Thomas starts to lead out. Pidcock, Pidcock's lost his wheel a few times in the run-in. There was a tight... 270-degree right-hander where Pidcock, like Christoph yesterday, had to close his own teammate's wheel. Did it cost him? Maybe. He's not looked that snappy in the sprints. Daryl Impey has the left open up for him. I thought it was going to be Bevan who won a Romney sprint ahead uh, of Hater And Daryl Impey wins this sprint with Matthews checking out off Pidcock onto his draft and not really drawing level. Kranison, third. Betio, fourth. Pidcock, fifth. Aranbury, boxed in sixth. grosshartner seventh. Grambula, eighth. Burgado ninth. Kung. 10th um i don't really have much to say benji i'm surprised MP won and he won easily
1: yes yeah, same exactly but also like you spoke about aramburu boxed in this is like an unbiased take i gotta make that clear before i say it and ironically Close. i think if that's not true i think if aramburu is not boxed in on the right there he's easily top three in this race and he's got a chance of winning this because the speed at which he came was definitely enough to draw level with mp getting past him i, I can't tell you that's uh that's an unknown for me. But when it comes to this finish, Daryl Impey winning the stage, good for Israel Premier Tech, although it's only like 60 points, it's still valuable points. And it says more about Matthews than it does about Impey for me.
0: Do you think they take Matthews? Benji, if he can't beat Impey in this sprint and the other days, and they don't look like they have much confidence in, in him here, and like where was his lead out to? Like, I presume they had guys in the group would you take him to the tour de france yeah they had Bauer, smith house and i did not see three bike exchange guys in the last three kilometers in front of matthews maybe i'm sorry i haven't re-watched it but if you're taking Gronavegan and you're going to take away sprint opportunities for green yeah i'm not i don't see it
1: yeah agreed on that and also like it's so incompatible taking Grunewagen and Mathieu to the Tour de France because, like you say, the green jersey there, it's highly weighted onto punchy riders, riders that can go into intermediate sprints and riders that can go over the transitioning stage and still beat people because those are higher-pointed races compared to previous Tour de France's. And Mathius fits that, but like you say, Grunewagen will take away points on flat sprints because Mathius won't be able to go for it, and that's an issue. And the question Dennis, what? Wouldn't it have been better to take Groves instead of these two?
0: I mean, I think me and you have tried to send Groves to every race, <laughs> every World Tour <laughs> race in the last <laughs> while. I think also re- the reality is you send Groenewegen to the tour to go for stages in the sprints, and you send Matthews to a smaller a continental calendar for points. The difficulty Tour? With, well, no, not Civic Tour, that's no points there Um, for Matthews. No clue. So. Yeah, you'd have to send him to one day. The problem with that is he's out of contract. (laughs) Like, is Michael Matthews going to be motivated to try at races that aren't televised in Australia when he's out of contract? Maybe not. Uh, So that was Tour de Suisse Stage 4, Sprint for Impey. Israel, as a general rule or trend, seemed to be on a positive trajectory. Uh, Tomorrow's stage from Ambrì. To Novazzano, 189 k's long. This Ooh. looks more difficult. This is like a world champs punchers course. 2.5 k, 7.7%. In Madrizio it's nasty, and this has to be. Remco's been. He's been napping. He's been anonymous, Benji. I think this has to be the Remco launch stage.
1: I think so as well. There's opportunities there to go relatively early. There's opportunities there to launch early, but I said the same about stage one. So they could just as well disappoint me. I think when it comes to like the likes of Vlasov, we can talk about the fact that shorter climbs work for him. But is this too punchy for Vlasov, or do you think that it still fits him?
0: Perfect. Perfect okay. for him. Yeah, he should be good. And well, they have a Gita. Who do they go for? Do you, who do you prefer on this, a Gita or Vlasov? It Depends, like,
1: I swear that was there not like the Tireno stage last year in the in Tirreno, obviously. Uh, Fidardo. Fidardo. Didn't he like completely collapse in the final or something? Hikita, or yeah, I but it was wet it and up?
0: cold and he looked yeah. allergic to it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, they got two cards to play. If I was Remco, I mean, if I was Remco, I'd be wouldn't be running a podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him try tomorrow. It looks perfect. It looks very difficult up and down all day, but same with Vlasov. This looks like a Giro de la Milia, even harder course in this final. It looks very, very good. Maybe a break will win, but it'd be interesting. I would love to see Remco against Deguita against Vlasov in this finish, and I'm hoping for it. Uh, but speaking of early attacks, we'll switch over to Slovenia. Stage one, five-day stage race, two-dot pro, the big name, obviously Tato Pogacar. Uh, but it's basically like all the Slovenians bar Roglic against each other. We have Bahrain with Novak, who is flying at the Giro, Tratnik, Mohoric. On the other side, we have obviously Pegatron UAE with Micah and a lot of his Tour de France, one would think, teammates. Uh, and the first stage from Nova Garitza to Postonia. Oh, by the way, the rest of the start list is is pretty pretty weak for in terms of G C for a Dot Pro race compared to Swiss or well no Swiss not Dot Pro, but it's a very soft GC field, 165Ks, some rolly climbs early, and then the Zadlog climb, 4.7Ks, 7.4%, about 12 to 15 minutes, I think, then another short climb after a descent, and then the Rastretto climb, 7.3Ks, 5.5%, then a plateau for 15Ks. Would Pog try? He tried early last year. Uh, the answer was Bahrain. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain yeah. what was going on?
1: Basically, when it comes to that Zadla climb, again, still like 60k to go in the stage. Basically, Pahrens pacing with the likes of Trotnik, reducing the peloton to about 15 to 10 riders even. And it was clear that their leader was Novak for gc I would dare to say that I heard, pre-race. And then Mohoric would also be there. And they were both still in that group. And that's when something intriguing happened. Like, Trotnik looked past him on the right side behind him and Pogacar like attacked at that exact moment on the other side it was like they were completely in sync at not seeing each other make that move and because of that Trotnik did not respond to Pogachar because when he looked back there was a gap already and Novak had to decide I'm going to jump to Pogacar myself right here and he does exactly that and basically there's only like a group of four that is created at the front with the likes of Pogacar with the likes of Novak Micah bridges up but also Sean Bennett bridges up as well. He's rider right on China Glory Continental team, if my mind serves me right. So quite intriguing in that aspect. And uh well, that that four-man group kept it up for quite a bit. And they went over the top of that um Zutlo climb. And we had one rider dropping off Sean Bennett right there. And we had three riders basically in front. But that's when it started getting intriguing, you know? Because I want to throw it back to you from that point onwards because I feel like Micah was trying to get Novak to pace with Poggi and Micah in that front group. But obviously, he's got Mohoric, which is actually in a group behind together with Sean Bennett now. So we've got three riders up front, Micah Pogacar and Novak. And we've got two chases behind. That is Mohoric and Sean Bennett. Why is Novak saying yes when Micah asks him to pace?
0: Uh, Because Bahrain cost him a zero stage win on Fedaya. Perhaps, or they don't know what they're doing, or he had a heat stroke because he took about ten bidons. He tried <laughs> to have ten bidons in five minutes. It was well. I, I was going to say it's funny, but like it was very hot, and it's a bit unsafe. They're not getting water. The cars weren't moving up between the groups, so he was taking it out of sort of neutral cars, like plastic, like bottles, and just pouring over his head. <laughs> I don't know, Benji. Like especially when Morich was chasing solo, he attacked Bennett. And still, Novak was pacing. I was like, what? I just didn't understand. And, like, what? Do you really think? Do you think UAE would have attacked him on the flat with Micah? I think they would have maybe they would have said, listen, if you don't pace, Pog will go on the climb real hard and you will get gapped and you will lose third on GC. And have to ride for GC for Tratnik or Moritz in the other days. Maybe they said that, and he's like, "You know what? I'm out of contract. I think you might be out of contract." Yeah. Um, maybe that was playing into it. I mean, to be honest, Benji, like he should UAE should sign him. He yep. would be. He's better than um, Bennett, I think. Yeah. I've dom. seen
1: some. I've seen some Twitter rumors that he might actually be going to UAE, but hey, there's still Twitter rumors, so I can't know how much but it I actually can makes trust sense. On that stuff.
0: Like, it was UAE.
1: Yep, I agree with that. And we go further into that race and that behind tactic gets even worse when Mohoric eventually... Well, first, uh, Sean Bennett drops Mohoric and then Mohoric gets called by the group behind. It was like he suddenly kind of gave up in that aspect. And then Mohoric was, like, in the third wheel or something of that chasing peloton and was, like, shouting at the motorbike to get it to go away to make sure that Nova can keep his advantage so that the motorbike doesn't help the peloton chase to the front. But... At that exact moment, Trotny goes to the front of the group and starts pacing for Bahrain. So <laughs> I was completely confused what was going on in that team. But hey, we had those three riders expanding their gap one minute plus and so forth towards Micah. the final battle.
0: <laughs> I just realized it, the the race was Mica for the last fifty k's pacing against Lorenzo Fortunato on the flat. <laughs> That was the race. So we can look into this as like Tour de France prep and what we can analyze as much as we want, but it was Micah pacing on the flat (laughs) race against Lorenzo Fortunato for Vincenzo Albanese. So it is what it is. Micah pretty much was um, the arrangement seemed to be or he attacked away in the final, took the stage win. Novak didn't really contest it and Pogaccio let him take second. Uh, On the stage, Pogaccio third, Albanese winning the sprint ahead of Mesget's fifth. Uh, and so Micah goes into the G C lead and By the way. Yes what happened to Sean Bennett? He finished
1: on like seven minutes sixteen. Was he like-
0: he <laughs> full cracked in the heat.
1: Crazy. Crazy. He didn't get
0: enough water and, yeah, I think he just got full cooked. Like, Morris was asking him to pace. <laughs> he's like, I can't, <laughs> I don't know where I am. So, <laughs> that was, yeah, I think that's what happened. But he's, he's actually looked quite good this year. But, yeah, the, the water after the climb or the lack thereof was a problem. The question I want to ask Benji is, and tomorrow's stage, a rolly stage, 174K, should be a uh, reduced bunch or maybe even not that reduced, a sprint between, well, of vegans here. That is, is that true?
1: Yeah, big sprinters are here. Malier as well, I think. Um
0: okay. Wow. Do you reckon he, he makes there?
1: it? <laughs> Malier?
0: Nah, Ooh. well Malier or Grona vegan. Do you reckon they make this finish tomorrow? Like, let me I'm trying to look at it a bit closer. There's no categorized climbs, but it is rolly a lot. Like it's a circuit at the end. Ah, uh, they he has to make this finish.
1: Yeah, and worst case scenario, they've also got Mezget here, True. I think. They do. So. They do. They've got multiple options there, but on paper, I think they want to try and get in there to get his preparation for the the Tour de France up, if that's indeed the plan on there. And I saw a new, another sprinter at this race, but I completely forgot. So I guess Akerman. Okay, well,
0: do we oh, consider him in he competition? Here. Yeah. Wow, they're not taking him to the tour, are they? I hope not. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Pog did nah, say this won't. is basically their Tour de France team. Well, I that's mean, you're yeah. bullshit. <laughs> No, he or she. (laughs) Imagine if this was the team. Uh, There's Hausler, but no Bauhaus. We normally saw Bauhaus at this race last year. We also saw winning a stage last year was Aberastri, but he's on track now. So yeah, we actually do have Gronovec and Achman Merlier, Albanese. I'll be keen to see if any teams try to drop the big boys on the climbs uh, um, tomorrow. I
1: think I'm going to go with the winner, Matevs Govekar, a rider that went to Bahrain, uh this year and is now running I think one of his first races for that team had a pretty solid sprint in the first stage of Istrian uh, Spring Trophy. So because of that he clearly is going to be put on the earlier easy.
0: I'm going with Morridge or uh, Barcelo on Kaha. So I think it's going to be a bit of a mess and Morridge <laughs> might win it. hopefully. Uh, otherwise, do you think Michael lets Jing Pog lets Michael win GC or not? he's just he's just landing in the Jersey.
1: I think it depends on the coming stages, to be honest. I think, uh, from a team perspective, dynamic wise, it would be useful to do that. But in the end, I think it's also uh, good to have Pogaccia win the Tour of Slovenia for the name of the Tour of Slovenia yeah. and just a general culture about it. So I think Pogaccia is winning this race with his eyes closed.
0: I think so too. I think Mike is, it's like he doesn't need to give Mike or anything. Like he's, Mike is getting millions of euro because he's, he's the most important. Yeah, you got a stage too. Yeah, yeah, he's. (laughs) I don't think we need to go that far. Uh, Anyway, Balwasa Belgium Tour, the last race we'll cover today from Merel Becher to Louise Marie Markadol, 165Ks, a classic style course with the Berthenaut, which is a cobbled climb, 1K 5.7%, not that long. And it actually finishes just after that. So they have that very close to the finish, and then a short descent, and then basically an uphill little kick. Am I correct, Benji, I'm actually remembering visibly DOT Pro Belgian stage race finishes? Is this the one Remco lost the sprint on to Robbie Gijs last year?
1: Yeah, this was a pretty crazy stage last year. Less crazy this time around. It was indeed that Remco rode away with Robbie Gijs. And was there a third rider involved? I don't Cramp even and know. Arts. Yeah, Cramp and Arts was involved <laughs> well, in He was there earlier. Yeah. Yes, he was there. But, uh, well... Campanart is also one of the riders that are seen as one of the uh, potential favorites for this race because Remco is not here. He's in Swiss. But honestly, I couldn't tell you what happened before 15k to go. I just know that Trek started pacing and then it was only an option that they were pacing for two of their legendary sprinters. Either was Steven, who is not at this race, so it had to be from S. Pedersen.
0: And Pedersen, they knew, was in good shape. They took it up and... He looked strong throughout the race. We have Philipsen here. Jakobsen was in difficulty on the climbs, and I do wonder about him on that Calais Stage 4 in the Tour de France, which has some punchy climbs, uh, and it was shown he was easily put under pressure. So anyway, Pedersen looking very, very good. He's obviously preparing for the Tour de France Stage 1 prologue and then the ensuing sprints trying to take yellow in the first week, uh, and they get to the last Bergton out. Quick-step, no, Jakobsen is not going to be able to contest. They go to the front first with Schmidt pacing. Uh, They also then pace with, I think, Stan van Tricht. Uh, for Seneschal, they're trying to launch Seneschal in the last Burgton Ten We've got Wellens there, Hermans, Philipson. They want to drop many Intermarche riders. Like there was Lorenzo Rota, who I think I said was in another race. He's actually here. That Rota, maybe Taco, and I said Quentin Hermans. None of them led each other out. There was also the Golden Kilometer, which the camera like cut away for the last two sprints, or at least the last one. It was very difficult to know who won the last Golden Kilometer. It was Patterson, the first one. Uh, Wells the second. Wellens here for GC, which is looking good. And that's a lot of points for Lotto. Anyway, Seneschal launches the last climb. Pedersen looking, he's working hard, but he's not getting gapped. Whereas Philipson was put on a short little gap. They get over the top. There's two Ks left. And it's actually, yeah, just gets let out for a sprint. I think Reza for Alps and Phoenix does a good job. But is just a little deep. He's not right at the front. Uh, going into this final kicker. He starts his sprint not wanting to get boxed in. It's a very narrow finish, so I kind of get it, but maybe a little early with at least 20 seconds to go. He runs out of steam completely. Pedersen switches off onto his wheel. Well, he tries to. Wellens almost, but Wellens already had the and wheel and keeps Pedersen in the wind, and Pedersen just wins this uphill sprint easily. Looking like his tour de la Provence form, Wellens second, Phillipson third, Hermans fourth, Robbie Hayes fifth, Rota six, Seneschal seventh, Zingle, Cofidus, he's a good young French writer. Eighth, Mertens, ninth, Dynese, tenth. So, Pedersen looking good, Benji. I think this is relevant, this for the Tour de France, this form line, because Pedersen was a bit off, I thought, at Norway. I
1: think so as well, but it's just hilarious how every single time you see Romain Zangle, you mention that he's a young French writer that is done every
0: single time. Every time. time. <laughs> every time.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so that,
0: uh, I have to, so that when he wins like a two-one race, which I think he already has, because he's a young, talented French rider on Copitas, I can mention that I said it first. Except I didn't; I just took it from Le Pedal Deuce's Twitter account because he monitors the French, <laughs> the French Conti scene really well. But you know, that's the game we're in, and yeah, watch out for Axel Zingle, of course. <laughs> Is it Axel or Romain? Because I just said Romain for some reason. It's Axel single. He's got a much cool better. Na- no, it's also because his name is like very like a unique one. Axel, Axel single. Um, it's
1: actually, a pretty common name in Belgium, by the way. What?
0: <laughs> yeah, Axel. Axel Merckx?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, from like Alexander. Uh, no, uh, that's Alex. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Roll anyway, talk about cycling. <laughs> okay, Miss Petterson, that's indeed relevant. Yellow jersey for me needs for that initial prologue. How he does he get the yellow, yellow jersey? By doing a good prologue that is better than WoW, which is not going to happen most likely.
0: Uh, no, but that can't be the be-all. He knows that. He's not an idiot. He knows he's not going to be Gana, Bisiger WoW in a prologue. What, Echelons. Which stage? Okay, all the seconds
1: in sprints. Gobble yep. stage. Everything before Longwee is possible.
0: Okay. I agree. I think it's I think it's a rational goal. I think it's a reasonable goal. Like yep. he can, he's a good classics writer. They got Stirvan Kirsch, I presume. They can try. And yeah, his sprint was looking he's looking good and he need to make it through. Uh Jacobson though, can we draw any green can we draw any like fatigue or endurance conclusions from this getting dropped on this course when Phillipson didn't? Like to me Jakobsen Green is just like not even a not even a thing he's only there for stage wins whereas philipson does have a bit more fitness
1: same story but i also want to say that i'd argue that they'll stay in run the race that jacobson won the other day it was also relatively uh selective well it's not true it's not true 109 nah. people finished in like three minutes uh fuck that scrap everything i just said <laughs> green jersey of jacobson not fucking happening okay
0: yeah, well, and and even same with you, and it's like they, these guys are so focused on winning a stage. They just want to win a stage, and in the mountains, they just want to make it through. I think, do they want to go and contest intermediate sprints and increase that fatigue load? So I'm not sure. But anyway, that was Pedersen looking very good, which makes it good for the Tour de France. I just many people in as good form as possible. This is great news. Tomorrow, from Beveren to Noca Heist, this... Uh, is not that close to Benji's house, but we're getting close. Hundred and seventy five K is absolutely pancake flat. We have the golden kilometer, which as a reminder gives bonus seconds at three at zero meters, five hundred meters and one kilometer. Uh so there's three sprints. Uh that's with fourteen Ks to go. Do so we'll see Wellms going for that. This should be a sprint barring crosswinds, Benji.
1: Yeah, certainly no clue what the technicality of the finish is. Haven't been in Knocker in ages because uh yeah, I don't know what to do there. But um, when it comes to the sprint here, like, ah, I think that this is going to be a pure sprint. And I think that Jakobsen is going to try and shut us up.
0: Yeah, Jakobsen going to win this, I think. I agree. We've got Jakobsen against Sam Bennett. Uh, he didn't make Group 1 today. Danny Van Poppel was there, but wasn't really Philipsen. relevant in the sprint. Philipsen with De Bonter, Bay, Krieger, Plankart, Thurmesh, but no Rickart. Valscheid is back uh, as well. Uh, so this is a good good level sprint field and Offstetter as well. He's can he how can he go against the big boys? I always like seeing these guys that win the one ones or they're always consistent in those races. How do they go against the big big boys? Uh, otherwise, I'm trying to look Kervin Kevin Taysen, Reiner Anaduli. I forgot about him. Benji is he here. He got dropped before Jakobsen. That's shocking. Well, it isn't, like, we have to remember, and I know I'm always one of the, like, you have to look at the watts. Some dot pro races are more impressive than some yeah. world tour races, but his performances, Benji, have been exclusively just about below world tour level. Ethan Bougatapanna, not competitive for the for the win there in a world tour sprint against the big boys. Ken Vableham didn't make G1. He just extended, by the way. Apparently, he's verbally agreed for one year in 24. Um, I don't know. It's it is different. It is different racing against like when Wellens and co launch these little short climbs, it's different to the other races. Like you seem surprised he drops so early.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised he drops so early because like you get this recency bias based on the results he has that he can get over these climbs and so forth. And like, there was that race. I don't know if it was like... I've got no clue which race it was in hindsight. It might have been like Volta Limburg Classic or something where he was with the likes of Dumoulin on climbs and so forth. But perhaps that said more about Dumoulin than it said about the Liden.
0: Yeah, and like Rond van Limburg isn't flat either. But I don't know. Berg's a little bit longer maybe than those climbs. Yeah, just saying to watch. And I cannot wait to see him tomorrow. Now I'm actually very excited about that stage. If you want to watch one of the races tomorrow, watch the last 5Ks of... Belgium Tour sprint between the big boys. That's all from us today. Uh, I've got to keep filling out this room. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I've moved into a new apartment, which I'm very happy about. I now have a dedicated recording area instead of I've literally been recording for the last year in Andorra on our kitchen table, which is a bit of a joke because I know I know we are amateurs, Benji, but the pod is doing all right. So (laughs) it's a bit ridiculous.
1: Uh, We're talking about that, but my bed is like literally a meter behind the webcam right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but do you have to take down your camera and microphone every after every recording? No, I had to take completely take down the whole setup (laughs) and reset up every day. Like I've, there's something wrong with me. (laughs) Anyway, that's true. Yeah, we know that already. But it's it's actually tough to find apartments in Andorra, so there is. I do have a bit of a defense, Uh, and so yeah, I'll be filling out the background, so it won't be so bland. Uh, for the Tour de France, hopefully. But that's all from us. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Zwift as always. And we'll see you with the recaps of the three races tomorrow. Ciao. (laughs) Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Yuffie X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's EUFY.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.